And then, well, 2020 is behind us. And I don't know about you, but New Year's resolutions are, are kind of a thing. Uh, we're, we're in danger. It's uh, the 10th, so we're 10 days into the new year. Uh, but for me, I, it starts with me looking in the mirror and saying, who is this small, round man? And I need to change that. And so our gift to each other this year, my wife and I, uh, was an exercise bike. We're like, let's do this. And so we have an exercise bike in there, and uh, we were, you know, pedaling away. I already got some calories going. I got a competition going with my sister on the fitness watch here. And i um, very excited about that. And, and that's a typical thing that you would see in January. It's kind of like, you know, we're riding the wave in December, and we're kind of like a surfer in the ocean waiting for that wave to come. That is January that will naturally bring... This idea of got to make some changes, right? And it, it forces us, in a sense, to reflect and adjust. And maybe you've done the same thing. Maybe you've kind of said to yourself, all right, it's like a new year. Like the craziness is over of December and, and the holidays. And now I kind of have some more time. So I want to adjust for some weight loss, some fitness goals. Maybe it, it's, it's a habit that you want to start. I need a kick up and you start waking up early. Maybe it's a habit you need to kick. Maybe it's a job that you wanted to start, or maybe you're going to go back to school, whatever it might be. There's this natural rhythm that kind of stops in January, and we kind of begin to think, okay, what is next? We kind of assess. We look at the year behind us, and we look at the year in front of us, and we begin to subtly make these changes. A new year has its way of snapping us out of the rhythm we were in, and forcing us to perhaps reset. And so I want to tap into this energy before it runs out. We're 10 days in, right? Some of you already maybe dropped your goals because, you know, the COVID carelessness, right? You're like, oh, it's too much work. Um, and I get that. But let's just tap into it and let's invite God into these details. If you don't know me, I'm the worship pastor here. And I have the privilege of leading our bands in, in worship and, and working with them. And let's just give it up for our team who has served through a pandemic. The amount of changes that they had to go through, we all had to go through, and the fact that week after week, I mean, Brendan's been drumming for like the 10 years, you know what I mean? Like, like and, and we've been trying the best we can to just deliver an awesome experience for you guys. Um, but being a part of the team allows me to know some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I'm going to share that with you guys a little bit today. There's some cool gadgets that we have on this stage to help us communicate. There's a little button here that I could tap and I could talk into and it changes my mic to be in the headphones of everyone else, which is probably annoying if you're on the band. I'm like, hey guys, how's it going? You know, and they're like, shut up, Andrew, just do your thing. And uh, so we're able to talk to each other. We're able to communicate. It helps us, you know, hey, okay, wrong chord. All right, we're going to start this. And there's a lot of cool stuff like that. Actually, one time, maybe the second time I used the thing, um, I mistaken the controls and I said into the room, let's roll this out. As if the service is some dough that we can just, you know, that was embarrassing, but at least it was that and not like, I have to go to the bathroom, you know, like it's bound to happen one of the days and I ask that you would forgive us. But we have these cool tools that we use and, but the most important one that I think is, is invaluable is our click track. And, and what a click track is, it's a metronome that gets pumped into our headphones. And so each song has its own little thing tempo, and we, we jump between each one, and it helps us keep us together. It helps us keep on beat, and if we're playing the tracks, it helps us stays, stay to the track, and that's, that's an important thing for us as a band, and today's message is called A New Rhythm, 
And I believe here today that there is a cosmic metronome, a cosmic click track, so to speak, that our Heavenly Father wants for my life and for yours. And it's a rhythm that he has set for us. And while we're in this moment where we're kind of hitting pause, we're looking at our life, let's re-sync up to what our God has for us. Because the problem is we can get so wrapped up on the good, on the bad, on the busy, on the things we can control and the things we can't, that we often get off rhythm with our Heavenly Father. I was struck uh, when I was watching the ball drop on New Year's Eve, uh, with just my wife and I, and we were at home and we were watching the ball drop, and I heard the commentator say something that I don't think we really hear often at all, and he said a reference to this 2020 being a garbage year, and that's not news to any of us, right? But I, I begin to think, I said, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy, because usually if we're saying that a year is worse than another, it's usually personal. Like for me, like, oh man, like, like two years ago was rough, or, or whatever it might be. Or it might be rough for a family, or it might be rough for a church. Yeah, that year was rough when we sold the building, we didn't know, and it's usually personal. It's never on a macro scale. And so we are reminded that the whole world has experienced the same thing, being on their knees. And so we're in a very strange time. We're in a time that the kids will read about in school in the future, a very unprecedented time in our lifetime. And with that being said, I think it's important to kind of say, well, what have we learned from 2020? Well, we've learned that this life is tough, right? I mean, we knew it before, but we're just reminded again. We are reminded that it can change in a moment. We're reminded that, I don't know about you, but that we take so much for granted. Meeting in church, whether you're at home here today, I mean, like that, this, that wasn't a reality a year ago. And what we can learn as a church is that we need God more than ever. We cannot do this without him. A year ago, how would you have prepared for 2020? Could you have prepared for 2020? I think the answer is is no, because you can't prepare for something that you don't know is coming. And what we can do is we can position ourselves, however, near the one who does know, and that's Jesus. And so today, I kind of want to go with these ideas. Now, I'm going to say something that you've never heard in church before that might make you cringe, but just bear with me. I think some of us this year, we need to get fat. And you're probably like, I went to church and the man told me I needed to, the, the round man told me that I need to get fat. I'm out. You're turning the TV off right now if you're at home, right? No, when, and I say that I don't mean physically, but I mean spiritually. Because so easily we can kind of starve ourselves spiritually. And maybe it's not on purpose. Maybe we're just so busy. We got the kids. We got we got taxes, we got money, finances, like business. We're trying to get all stuff done. Like we come to church on Sunday or we tune in on Sunday. And then Monday through Saturday, we kind of just starve ourselves, spiritually speaking. So we need to kind of put on some spiritual weight here this year. Some of us, we kind of need to, we have a little spiritual excess fat, if that's even possible, that we need to slim down on. And, And here's the thing, what I'm talking about there is that we can often be in our spiritual little bubble, Maybe you're devouring scripture, which is super important. We're going to talk about a little bit of that of today. But you're so busy consuming that you aren't doing the other half, which is serving others 
And when we kind of share our abilities, well, that's when we kind of can shed that spiritual excess or fat, should I say. And so here's what I'm getting at is that there is a balance that we need to attain and that balance is not going to be attained on our own rhythm. If I took my little drum here and started beating the drum during the, the worship and I didn't hear the click track, I didn't know what was going on, it would be dissident. It would be terrible. I'm not even a drummer. They'd be like, get him out, man. <laughs> he can't handle not being, like not leading it, you know, right? And, and, and likewise, we need to be in sync because a Christian out of rhythm is dangerous. Like if you look in culture, if you look on social media or you see people on TV, a Christian who is not in the rhythm of God causes a lot of hurt and confusion, pushes people away from Jesus. And we've seen a lot of that in 2020. Heck, we've all experienced it maybe ourselves because it was a hard year to stay in rhythm, right? And so today is not about shaming anybody as much as it's saying, hey, this is important. We talk about this because as we are reassessing, it's important that we make resolutions for our body, yes, but it's also extremely important, if not more, that we make resolutions for our souls as well. Because when the calendar flips, as much as we would have all loved everything to kind of go away, it doesn't. And so the best way that we can get equipped for what's next is syncing up into our Heavenly Father's rhythm. If you're not a Christian here today or you're tuning in and you're new to faith and you're just trying to check this out, man, I hope that you would see that you're welcome here, number one, but two, that where the world makes religion or Christianity, for that matter, confusing, God makes it simple. And I hope you would join us as we kind of look at some scriptures here and kind of unpack what that looks like. And so what does it look like to jump on to God's rhythm? How do we do that? Today's message is not going to be anything groundbreaking or new. It's going to be a lot of review for if you've been in church for a while. And I think it's, it's crucial that we kind of take this time to reassess and realign ourselves. And so we're going to be in the book of 2 Peter. And Peter, he was one of the 12 apostles. And he was a knucklehead like you and me. But he was also a powerful leader in the church. And here's the background about 2 Peter. Peter, he knew what was to come. He knew that he was going to be martyred, that he didn't have much time on earth. And so when he sat down to write this letter, he was kind of thinking, okay, this is the last thing I'm going to say to my churches. And so what he writes here is powerful, but it's also purposeful. And it's a lot. There are four concepts I want us to kind of consider here this morning and grab from it. And I believe that it will encourage us how to hop back on to the rhythm that is God. And so we're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Peter, he's writing to the church. But right off the bat, he's alluding that there are different kinds of faith. He says, to those who have received the same kind of faith as ours, to kind of show us that there are multiple types of faith out there, back then and even today. If you look at other faiths other than Christianity, all of them typically arrange around the idea that you need to earn your position that it's about your performance. If you perform well, then, then you're doing well. If you do enough, you appease the gods, maybe. And what Peter is getting at here, and he's reminding his church, 
is he saying, hey, Christianity is, is not like that. We're different. It doesn't fit into that category. See, we don't have faith in our own righteousness, but a righteousness that was given to us. What does it say? But by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's not my works that earn salvation. It's no, God saw I couldn't and gave me Christ. Gave me his deeds for mine. And see, Peter was setting the stage early in his letter to say it's not about you. That we're tempted to make it about ourselves. To feel like we need to earn his love. To feel like that, that it's all on my shoulders when it was on Christ's. That it's his accomplishment that saves us. And so the first thing I want us to consider and kind of remember here today is that, number one, our righteousness starts and ends with Jesus. That our righteousness starts and ends with Jesus. That's the first thing I want us to grab here today. And see, we might know this, but do we know it? Or do we let it seep into our hearts? Because we can often hone in on our failures and we think, oh man, like this week was rough and God's probably not too happy with me. And we use that as a means to kind of feel like we need to distance ourselves until we're better to come back. And often it disconnects us, it gets us out of that rhythm. So we need to remember, hey, our righteousness starts and ends with Jesus. So therefore, if I feel like I'm struggling, well, I can go to him and he will give to me richly what I need. Let's continue in verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. And so what do we see here? But grace and peace are multiplied not by us resting more, although God uses that, not by us kind of reading more self-help books, but no, it is multiplied through God. And in his divine power, he gives you and I everything we need for life. And then I look at myself. I withdraw, I get busy, I get distracted, I get disconnected, I get off rhythm. And how do I get back on rhythm? Maybe that's what we're trying to talk about here today. So how do we get back on that rhythm? Well, Peter uses the word knowledge, and the word knowledge that Peter chooses in the Greek means a correct and precise. That's what the word means. It's not like you know of something. Like I can know who Keanu Reeves is. It's very different than if I know him. Like we're bros, like we're hanging out after service, you know? And there's a, there's a difference. And so what the, the, the knowledge that Peter is talking about is correct and precise. How we get there. Well, we study God's word. I mean, you're going to come to church and you're going to hear the pastor say, hey, we're going to, you need to read the Bible, right? I mean, that's, and we hear that all the time and it's like, yeah, I know, I know. But when we do, when we study it for ourselves and we feed ourselves Monday through Saturday, man, we begin to see a change. Study and read is one thing. Another thing that we see is, is praying. Again, what do you expect? This is church, right? But some of you kind of look at prayer differently now. I, I know I, I totally do. I mean, the last three weeks or four or however long it feels like it's been forever with, with Doug in the hospital and getting the news and getting texts. And like, I'm telling you, I prayed the most I have in the last three weeks than I probably did in all of 2020. Uh, and I'm sure some of you were like, yeah, me too. 
And I've, I've talked with a lot of you. I mean, there's been a lot of anxiety, a lot of struggle, and a lot of fear. And I, I just found myself just, just like, I'll be with my family, and I'll just go, I'll go in the bathroom, and I'll just pray. And I'd be praying under my breath. I'd be pacing the house. My wife and I would pray before bed, like, before we eat. It's like the food's getting cold. I'll be at the grocery store praying. Thank God for masks, because then people would have been like, that guy's talking to himself. Come on, Jimmy, you know? And in that, a lot of the time, it's not like, hey, everything's good. Doug's like, hey man, what's up? He walks in the room, right? Like we were still in the middle of struggle. But in that, I found a lot of times where I would receive peace. The struggle wasn't done, but I would receive peace. Or my, my head would just become a little clearer. And guys, who, who could use a clearer head in 2021? You know? And I'm blessed that, that it's looking better now and we're gonna continue to fight, continue to pray for Doug. But let me tell you, I, I walked away with a lesson learned that, man, we need to be a praying family. We need to be a praying church. Because when we do that, the natural result is grace and it's, and it's peace. And so the second thing I want us to consider here today is that the result of closeness with God is grace and peace. Now, disclaimer is that closeness with God doesn't eradicate trials but we can be more equipped to deal with them, right? If peace was something we can go to the store and buy, it would always be sold out. We would, we, would, we would all agree that we could use more peace. And though the trials may be hard, if we had a little bit more peace, I think we, we would get through them better. Not perfectly, but we'd get through them better. Verse four, we continue. Through, the, through these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world on account of lust. We see that God gives us a new nature. Why does he have to give us a new nature? Because our world is naturally corrupted. You can see the, the amount of lust out there. If you just turn the TV on for four seconds, like Victoria's Secret commercial, you know, uh, hair restoration for men, you need this job, this. And it's like you are bombarded by what you have now is not enough. What you are doing now, it's good, but we have something over here that's better. Our world is basically teasing us that we need more. Lust can move beyond sexual to lust for power or lust for money or lust for a position, or I want to be looked at as this, and so I need to be here. And so we see that lust promises so much, but it steals everything. And Peter, he's saying, listen, God has given you his nature so we can escape the corruption. I love how he uses the word escape because it paints a very clear picture for you and I. In order to escape something, it means that we once had to be under its control. Friends, this is where we often can find ourselves. And here's what I want you to know. I want you to know you're loved. God is for you. See, a lot of times we feel like, oh man, I'm a mess. God must not want me. No, he wants you. He cares for your freedom. He cares for my freedom. And in a world that often reminds us that what we have is not enough and we need more, God's saying, listen, come to me because I truly satisfy. Take on my new Nature, it makes things different. See, Peter highlights this freedom that God brings us, and he reminds us that we can become partakers of his new nature. And so the third thing I want us to consider here is God gives us a new nature. Let's tap into it. 
God gives us a new nature. Let's tap into it. We don't have to fall victim to our desires anymore. We can walk in freedom. And see, this is a battle. And this is where it gets really hard. Like people come to church, they're excited, they hear about Jesus, but then they get into this battle where they're like, oh man, they feel the pull of this and the pull of that. And fights are not fun. We kind of just want to, you know, nothing. We want to push away anything that's uncomfortable, right? And this is where Paul in Romans 7 talks about, hey, the things I want to do, I don't do them. The things I'm supposed to do or not supposed to do, I, I, I do. And Paul talks about it as a battle. And, I, and here's what I want to encourage you with, church. It's worth taking. The battle is worth fighting. And see, Peter knows this. And he gives us a list. And the next couple of verses are a list of things to focus on. And here's the problem with lists in church. Problem is, is that often we hear a list and we're like, all right, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to dominate everything on the list. And then God's going to accept me. Or you're sitting there and you're like, oh man, a list. Like I got to do all that stuff and I don't know if I can. And then God's never going to want me. So here, here's the beautiful thing that we're talking about here today, that we need to remember that what Peter was reminding us, that our righteousness comes from Jesus, right? So when we look at a list like this, this can be encouraging. In James uh, chapter 2, he says that, look, good works are just evidence that you have faith. He reminds us that we don't need to earn by doing good works so that we can get attention or love from God. He's saying, no, listen, you have faith, so you naturally will do works, And so when we read a list like this, we can find it as encouragement. And so there's seven traits. We're going to blast through them. But I want you to be encouraged and let God kind of highlight maybe the ones that we can work on this year as we try to get more on his rhythm. And so without ado, without further ado, verse five. For this very reason, what does that mean? But for the very reason that the world is corrupted by lust and he's given us a new nature, for this very reason, also applying all diligence. We're going to have to put some work in, folks. Here's the first one. In your, moral, in, your, in your faith, supply moral excellence. That's the first one. In your moral excellence, knowledge. And so here's the thing about moral excellence. We've become partakers of God's new nature. And so it matters how we live. The choices we make, what we allow into our life, what we don't. How we love people, how we care for people. You know, think about it in a fitness example, right? Maybe we've been in the rhythm of coming home from work and you're like, mmm, chips, crunch, crunch. You know, that's weird. Why'd I do that? You know, crunch, crunch, yeah. All right. That's the sound it makes when you eat chips. You eat pretzels, right? You Hot pockets. You know, you come home from work and you eat and, you, and then you realize, okay, this isn't good for my body. And so now it's January and now I want to not do that. I want to have a better diet, right? And we, we see the rhythm that we were caught in and now We're making adjustments. Likewise, spiritually, what have we been allowing in? Maybe we weren't even thinking about it. Now now we have an opportunity to sit and kind of take inventory. And what have we been making excuses for? And here's the thing. No, there should be no shame here. Our God's in the business of freedom, not to make you feel horrible about yourself and stay stuck. We're looking to grow in our faith. And as we do that, as we wean ourselves out of unhealthy desires, it's going to clear up some mental space. It's going to set us on a new course. It's important. And so moral excellence, it needs to be fueled by, what does it say? Knowledge. And the knowledge that we have is just knowing God's ways. And we need to know that God is out for our good. That he doesn't just give us ways arbitrarily to just box us in and bully us in, right? They're for a reason. They're to set us free. So we'll continue on. Verse 6. In your knowledge, 
self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance. Okay, so now we see another one, self-control. I don't know about you, but have you ever done something rash where you've just spoken something quickly and you hurt someone? Or you, or you just made a quick decision and you regretted it, right? Like if you're married, you know what I'm talking about when sometimes you'll just hit fire and you'll just say what you want and you're like, words, come back, you know? So many times I just say something to my wife and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was completely unfounded. I am wrong and I'm just trying to be right right now and I am the jerk. And she gives me that look and I'm like, yeah. And the thing is, is that our gut reaction, right? Our, our hit fire reaction without thinking about stuff usually causes hurt. If you feel something in your, in your life and you're like, oh, I want that now and you dive in, later you look back and you can see there's regret. And so having self-control is so powerful. A lot of times we look at self-control as, oh man, I'm missing out. God's just trying to ruin my fun. But isn't it funny that a lot of times if we just dive into things, it's almost like we lose a lot more of our freedoms than if we just withdrew from the beginning. And so it's funny, we're all out for freedom, but if we don't have self-control, we, we lose our freedom. And so we are to strive for self-control, and it continues. And in your perseverance, godliness. Okay, so another thing we see is perseverance. And this one I think is probably the most difficult one. Because life is, has been hard, hasn't it? And a lot of times I'm pretty sure that we want to give up. I know throughout this year there's been moments where I'm like, I don't know if I could do this, man. And I wonder how often we feel like we're going to, when we give up, how quick, let me say that again. So many times we give up right before God is about to give the breakthrough. I wonder how many people have walked away right before God was like, oh, I was just going to come through for you. And so we're called to persevere and, and here's, here's what, when I say breakthrough, I'm not talking about toxic positivity. I'm not talking about sunshine and rainbows. I'm not talking about us kind of envisioning what we want and we're like, that's what's gonna happen. No, I'm talking about what God actually has for each and every one of us. See, breakthrough doesn't always mean like a storybook ending. Can God do a storybook ending? Yeah. Can he exceed that and give us way more than we ever thought or imagined? Yes. But so often we have our own vision of what breakthrough looks like when we really just need to be waiting for what God has. See, we want to be where God is. And so it's important. And that's why we persevere here this morning. And this is where godliness, the next one comes into play because godliness is a reverence for God. And if we're revering him and if we're focused in on him, then it's going to help us persevere because the second I start looking to myself is where I'm going to fail. But when we look to him, he pulls us through. Godliness also empowers us for what's next. In verse seven, it says this, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness. In your godliness, brotherly kindness. Here we finally see a call to action. Because with our godliness engaged, it softens our hearts to care for others. And this is not just like being nice. Like this is not like you go to the grocery store and you see the lady behind the counter and you're like, have a good day. That's good, by all means. Like, we need to spread some love in the world, sure. But this is beyond that. See, biblical kindness is active. It's selfless. It's helpful. It's an action. We are to go out and care. Maybe hold off on that extra Bible study. You're already going to five. Maybe go to four. 
and go out and serve and love somebody because that's what our God calls us to do. And that's where we're going to see that extra spiritual fat turn into muscle because we're following God's call to go out and make disciples, to love a world, to be his hands and his feet. Yes, this is all scripture, but we, we got to make it practical. And when we do, it puts us on a better rhythm and a good balance. And then Peter drops on to us the last trait. And the last trait is this. He says, and in your brotherly kindness, love. In your brotherly kindness, love. The last trait is love. And if we've added everything up thus far, think about an addition when you add numbers and then you draw the sum line. Well, under that sum line would be love. Love is active. It's not passive. It requires some work. It could be uncomfortable sometimes to love someone who's different than you or believes differently. But what we see is when we love that it changes everything that we are acting as God would have us to act. And the fourth and last thing that we, I want us to consider is that we are invited to love like God loves. We are invited to love like God's, God loves. And this is how Peter wraps up this section in verse 80. He says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they do not make you useless nor unproductive in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter says, you want to grow? Focus on these things. Focus on these things. No shame. Hey, these are things to aim at. You know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? Let's aim at these things this year. And so there's just one thing I want us to walk away with here today, and it's this, that let God set your rhythm for this year. Let God set your rhythm. We have an opportunity to hit pause. We're looking left, we're looking right, we're trying to reassess. Let God set your rhythm. As we close with a horrible year behind us, the truth is that you can't prepare for what you don't know. Even if 2020 wasn't the worst for you, you, we don't know what's around the bend. And so what we do know is that our heavenly father longs to be close to us. He, he has a rhythm. He has a, his ways. He has things he wants to do. He has peace that he wants to give. And we need to tap into that because then we can properly enjoy what's ahead, properly navigate what's ahead. Because he wants to fuel us and empower us and have a relationship with us. Let us not neglect our closeness with him, but let us get on his rhythm. And you're probably saying, okay, Andrew, you've been talking a lot about this for a long time now. How do we do this? Three quick things. One, trim the fat. We'll keep with the fitness analogies, right? Trim the fat. Create more margin in our lives. Guys, our speed at which we take life, the amount of things we do, and they could be good too, it's, it's too much for our souls. Let's, let's, let's clear out some space. Let's, let's, let's say no to some things. The word no might be pretty good for some of us here today. Because when we do that, we, we have more margin and we have more space to detect the presence of God in our lives. Second thing is dive into the things of God. Let's, let's dust off those Bibles. Let's, let's do a study. If there's something you're like, I don't get that or like that. Hey, there's a lot of people here that would love to talk with you or love to dive into that and and conversate and talk about it and and really get to know the Bible. Pray. Maybe you're like, Andrew, I don't know how to pray. Well, just talk to God. Invite him into your day and you will see he will show up 
And as we dive into the things of God, as we make it our own, we're going to see that our hearts slowly change. Our lives suddenly get a little different. So let's dive into the things of God. And the last thing that we could do is serve people. God has given you abilities. Use them. Jump out of your, our Christian bubble and, and go ahead and serve. And you can join a, a team here at church. Get involved. Hold some doors for some people. Pass things out. Be on the band. You know, whatever it might be. Production we need help with. And, and here's the thing. Obviously, the virus can, complicates things and there's no shame here. But we're not always going to have that virus, right? We're not always going to be in this predicament. And so when you feel comfortable, man, get a part. Or if you feel comfortable now, jump on. We could use it, Right? But beyond that, even go outside of these walls. Look for your coworker, the family, the member, the, the friend, or your neighbor who's old. Maybe rake their lead. Like, like serve people. Put our needs and our growth aside and take up someone else's because God calls us to do that too. All in balance, folks. Because when we find that balance is best for our souls. So let God set your rhythm this year. If you're not a Christian, I or you're new to faith, the greatest thing that I want you to walk away with here today is that God is for you. I know there's a lot of negativity out there when it comes to the church as a whole, not our church. Our church is awesome. We're not perfect though. Far from it. I'm not either. Um, But I hope you would see, man, that we're just people trying to get it right and we all need Jesus. And when we lean into him, man, it changes everything. And that's what we're aiming at here today. And so church, if we get on this rhythm of God, what would, it, what, our, what would our church look like? I mean, you guys have been killing it in so many ways. Just being there for, for the Quintanas through the, the things that we had to go through with them and, 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 and we continue to be there with them and continue to love them and care for them. Be there in the loss of Nico. That's been rough. That's to see that carry over into the things that were going on with Doug and the Jansons. I mean, guys, you've been amazing. Meals and, and gift cards and prayer and prayer drives and parades and with Kathy in the hospital. I mean, there was just, we can just go on forever and talk about it. Church, you were, you were doing a great job this year. And so the more that we're on rhythm with God, the more efficient I think we're going to be. Let's stay there. We'll be less judgmental. There'll be more peace. We'll see needs met. We'll see friendships restored. We'll see the Holy Spirit at work. It's worth it, guys. It's worth it for our personal lives, but it's also worth it for the church as a whole. Love you guys. Thanks for being here today. If you just bow your heads, we're just going to pray. God, we just invite you into our mess. We invite you, God, into just our hearts today. It's so easy for us to get so lost in what we can't control and what we can control that we miss out on what you're doing in the moment. And 2020 has been a rough year, and I pray that you would heal our wounds from it and that you would prepare us for what's next. We know when the calendar flips, that issues will still be around, but we also know that there is beauty to be found in trials. There is beauty to be found even in times of hardship. There are good things that you give. I pray that we can tap into those things and enjoy them, God. But when we're in sync with your spirit, it does change everything. And so I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be with every person in this room, every person watching online, that they would know that they are loved here today and that you, God, are for them. That you are our greatest help in times of trouble. And so we invite you to make the difference in ourselves and in our church. I pray, God, that we would look at some of the things that have 
gone on and some of the things and rhythms we've been caught up in, good or bad, that we would just sync up with you. And so we take all of this, that you would highlight what matters in our hearts today. We would not walk out of here in shame, but we would know that Jesus, he, he died for our shame. He covered it and that now we can walk in freedom and walk towards you and live in a new way. That we live in response to that which you have done. And so we thank you today, God. We invite you to make all the difference. Set our rhythm this year that we may not step out of step with you. And when we do, we thank you for the grace that you give, the forgiveness. We invite you, God, to make that. Pray this in your name, God. Amen.